0: Hello, everybody. This is Deanna Baumgartner. I am the founder and president of Employers Advantage LLC. We are a small HR firm of about 10 people strong, and we provide HR services to small businesses across the country. I'm excited to talk with you this week about all things HR. The topic this week is what I like to call HR this, not that. HR this, not that means we take a look at some workplace issues, policies, or practices that may be antiquated Or done just because that's the way they've always been done. That's the not that part. We then turn those around into what should be done. That's the HR this part. Today, Thursday, our HR this, not that topic is workplace policies. Our HR this portion is let's make these policies applicable to the workplace and the culture. Not that. Policies just because that's the way it's always been done. How many times have we looked at policies or asked ourselves why? Why do we have this policy? Does this still make sense for our organization? Or is it that we still have this policy in the handbook just because that's always been there and it's always been like that? So again, let's make them applicable to the culture in the workplace, HR this. Let's not have policies just because that's the way it's always been done, or maybe that's the industry standard. Not that. Let's start looking at some policies that may be a little bit antiquated. The One thing that is really big policy at a lot of organizations, big or small, regardless of the size of your organization or your paid time off policies, I mean, that's a huge policy, and benefit for employees. So take the time now to evaluate your paid time off policies to see if they still make sense for the needs of the workforce, but also of course are compliant with any state and federal regulations. PTO policies should be designed for people to use the time and take time off when they're sick or when they want to go on vacation or if they just need a break. The reality is, we don't care what people use their paid time off for, or you shouldn't care what they use their paid time off for. It's paid time off. They don't need a reason to take it. It's a benefit available to them. But particularly now, given the pandemic that we've gone through, PTO needs to be available for when they're sick. So they don't have to worry about coming in sick and not getting paid or getting other people sick, which is just going to continue to cause problems within the organization. Of course, people need time for rest and relaxation, of course. So does your PTO policy support or hinder employees? It should support and encourage time off. So it's helpful to ask employees what they need to be able to time to take time off, which is another thing. Sometimes people don't use their PTO because they're afraid of the workload that's going to come back to them or that's going to be there waiting for them when they come back. So an idea here is cross-training or a work partner. So if cross-training isn't part of your small business, it should be. One of the many reasons why cross-training is so beneficial to both small businesses and employees is that because it just in general keeps things moving. In a small business, if one person is gone, it can hinder the whole operation. With cross-training, it prepares the company for both unforeseen circumstances related to employee changes but also planned situations for vacation and time off. The biggest dread, again, for people taking time off is coming back to a week's worth of work piled up for them to conquer on their first day back. Having a team that is cross-trained supports the ability for people to feel comfortable taking time off and having that separation from work that we know is ultimately more productive for everyone in the long run. So when it, comes to defining PTO policies for employees, they really need to be three things. Flexible, supportive, and compliant. Again, particularly given the experiences and lessons that we've learned over the last couple years, PTO strategies need to be flexible, supportive, and compliant. Flexible in a way where the PTO, it can be either a buck at a time, is broken out between, you know, allotments for vacation and sick, however you want to do it, the policy needs to be flexible to meet the varied needs of individual employees. In our recommendations of constructing a PTO policy, we typically lean more towards the bucket of time approach just because it really gives the employees the flexibility to use the time how they see fit and not feel like they have to explain details as to why they're taking time off. It is up to each individual company to decide which approach works best for them while also considering flexibility. PTO policy policy should be designed to be supportive and encourage employees to use the time and have a separation from work. People might not travel or take the vacations um, during the pandemic and maybe even for a little bit after that they did before, but it's still important to encourage people to take time off, not just one day here and there, but extended time off. One way to think about the benefit of a full week versus a long weekend is a drink of water. Like a drink of water is refreshing, but a glass of water is nourishing. So that is the difference between a long weekend or extended time off, like a full week. Employees need the longer time away to disconnect, refresh, and recharge. Another strategy, again, for ensuring people are supported in their paid time off is to ensure they are set up for success while they're away. That goes back to the cross training that we talked about, or even just having a backup for them to check their email so it's not overwhelming. And then our last point about PTO policies is that they're compliant. Of course, there's not really federal regulations related to paid time off, but there are a ton of states that have regulations related to particularly paid sick time family leave and those kind of things. So make sure that wherever your organization is located, that your PTO policy um, is compliant with state regulations. So again, PTO policy, does it make sense for your organization and the employees and the culture? But then if you have a PTO policy, make sure it's flexible, supportive, and compliant. Outside of that, Some of the other policies that you might want to reevaluate, reevaluate. excuse me, are, believe it or not, remote working. There's still some push and pull around remote working or a hybrid schedule or flexible workplace um, policies that I still think a lot of work needs to be done here. There's some organizations that were never remote prior to 2020, and then they went remote and it worked out wonderfully. Even better, it worked out even better in some situations. So they've completely changed their remote working policies. They've maybe expanded into new states and their organizations have grown. We definitely have a handful of clients that fit that category. So this is something that I think needs to be looked at on an ongoing basis. Evaluate your remote working policies or your hybrid workplace policies. Does it make sense? Is it flexible? What are the expectations around that? Some of the other things are, I mean, this is so silly, but dress codes, like, is this still a thing? Is dress codes a policy? I understand that there's some industries that you have to have them because of safety regulations and the like, but I don't know. It dep- is it still necessary everywhere? Um, I know that there has been some discussion around reevaluating dress codes after people were working from home for a year and they got a little more relaxed in their attire, I mean, are suits still required in the workplace to be productive? I don't think so, but certainly we don't want people showing up in their pajamas, so there has to be a happy medium. Um, But dress code policies are definitely worth reevaluating, one, to see if they even need to be in existence, two, are they still applicable to the workforce, but three, we also remember do not have separate requirements for male and female employees. It should be just a general dress code. The other thing is like bereavement policies. They've never really been ideal, I don't think, and I don't think they align with how people live their lives. Typically bereavement policies focus on immediate families. Sometimes they'll look at extended family with limited availability to paid time off. But to me, it just shouldn't be up to the company who may or may may not be important or close to the employee. I will never forget one of my first HR jobs. It was um, at a larger organization And an employee, um, I was new in my role, but an employee had come into the HR offices, went to the HR director and wanted bereavement because her boyfriend of 12 years passed away. And the HR manager was firm that the employee did not qualify for benefits because it was an immediate family member based on how the policy was written. And it was devastating to watch the reaction of that employee and quite honestly it was devastating to hear the hr director tell the employee that somebody who had been their partner for the last 12 years and passed suddenly that she couldn't qualify for bereavement paid time off because it wasn't technically an immediate family member it was her boyfriend of 12 years that stuff needs to be reevaluated So, again, I don't think it should be up to the company who may or may not be important or close to the employee. Um, Of course, there should be some guardrails within these policies, but they can be tweaked to be more applicable and to make more sense. Hiring practices and policies, we know this for sure can use a complete overhaul. It's a situation that typically both the candidate and the hiring manager dread but it's because everyone thinks they need to hold everything so close to the chest and only show their hand at certain times in the process, but it doesn't have to be like that. The candidate experience is the window to the work environment of your small business, so pay attention to that and treat people through the process the same way you would expect to be treated, the way you would expect your family member to be treated if they were looking for a job. Be transparent about pay. Include the pay range in the job posting, or at minimum, give candidates the position pay range at first contact be open minded and refrain from making assumptions about people based on things on their resume it, you know gaps of employment movement between jobs and companies or assuming that somebody might be overqualified those hiring practices and policies that people follow those have got to be completely reevaluated particularly given the market that we're in now ask yourself, why do we do it this way? What makes the most sense? Are there opportunities here for us to either create more opportunities for candidates, candidate pools? Is there an opportunity to create efficiency? And can we just make it simpler? Can we make it just make more practical sense? I am gonna touch on employee benefits a little bit, even though we talked about that on Monday. Um, But reevaluating policies around employee benefits Benefits for employees aren't always what companies think they are. And then, you know, they invest all this time and money into offering benefits to employees that they may or may not even need. Again, we talked about they see traditionally medical dental vision and things like that, which are great. Um, but employee benefits are more than that. The benefit should be about the employee and not the company. So if the company's going to spend money on something like benefits, it should be something that truly is a benefit to the employee. We want to start looking at more non-traditional benefits maybe an employee assistance program support well-being and mental health health advocacy and other programs subscription to deli- excuse me delivery apps child care programs we if you listen to the monday show we know um, the lifestyle benefit option that i love is fringe we have that within our organization so there's so many different options around benefits that I really think those types of policies need to be reevaluated. Even policies like uh, other jobs, it's kind of antiquated to have policies in your handbook about outside employment. Most people have side hustles or two or three jobs or other interests that they do. Like As long as it's not negatively impacting uh, their work at their organization, or the organization itself, it should not matter uh, what they do. And it should be supported. That goes back to what we talked about in the employee engagement segment on Tuesday, is if somebody does have something that they're doing outside of their day-to-day job with you, support it and encourage it. It's just gonna create that much more engagement. So HR this with your workplace policies, make them applicable to the culture. Don't be afraid to completely re-evaluate and overhaul those policies and stay away from having policies just because that's the way it has always been. Try to think about it from another perspective or question it. That's the key for today. Thank you for joining me while we talked about workplace policies. Be sure to join us tomorrow and we're going to close out the week with recruiting and onboarding.